0: Ray Lucchese here with Keith Townsend. Welcome to another sponsored episode of the Greybeards on Storage podcast. This Greybeard on Storage podcast is brought to you today by Cumulo and was recorded on June 16th, 2020. We have with us here today, Molly Presley, head of global product marketing and Ben Gittenstein, VP of uh, product and solutions at Cumulo. So Molly and Ben, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourselves and what's new at Cumulo?
1: Yeah, you bet. Hey, this is Molly Presley. Um, I'm responsible for product marketing and excited to be on this podcast, getting ready to talk about um, the big announcement that we have here at the end of June for Cumulo about kind of the next steps and how we're enabling data with applications in the cloud.
0: Oh, that's great. So this is a, it's a sort of a cloud sort of solution. Is that what we're talking about here or, or how is this going to play out from that perspective?
1: Yeah, the new announcement we have is about how to take advantage of the power of the cloud, whether that's the applications or the infrastructure. Um, Cumulo spans data center, public, private cloud. Uh, but this announcement we'll be talking about and going a little deeper into is is pretty cloud-focused about you know just the amount of data you can process and get access to if you use the tools up there in the cloud.
0: So we haven't talked to Cumulo in quite a while. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about you know the background of Cumulo and that sort of thing?
1: Yeah, you bet. Um, ben, do you want to take that part?
2: Sure. I'm Ben Gittenstein. I'm the VP of product here at Cumulo, and I'm super excited to be here and be a part of the show. Um, you know, when you think about Cumulo, I'd, I'd encourage you to think about applications and how applications deliver value for businesses. Because at the end of the day, Cumulo provides a file system that is really only as valuable as the applications that leverage that, that file system to do work. Examples being life sciences organizations that are doing research into curing diseases, which I know is top of mind for all of us, or media and entertainment companies that are building the next great movie or creating the next great television show. Or um, state and local organizations that are dealing with massive deluges of data, or manufacturing companies that are looking at all the data coming off their factory floor and trying to optimize production. All those sorts of folks, their real value—the value of that data—is in the application that leverages it.
0: These are these are fa- fairly these are fairly sizable data repositories, I guess I'd call them. This is not you know your your typical data center uh, file environment. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, Cumulo is really all about the large scale data that customers use to create innovation. So we're really interested in genomes that get really big or video files that get really big or um, or video data sets that get really big um, or massive collections of small files. So if you are a mortgage processor that creates billions of small files, that's a pretty common use case for us. You know, when you think about us, uh, I think one way to think about Cumulo is sort of what we believe, and we are big believers in the the notion that data needs to be near the compute and the users that take advantage of it, and so that's pretty important to what, we're, what we've done to date and also some of the stuff we're announcing today, which is really all about the notion that at, at its heart, our job is to enable the application, which means we need to move data to the place where the application resides, that could be on-premises in your data center, or uh, increasingly in the public cloud, in AWS, in GCP. And we, uh, we, we need our products to run really well in both of those environments and speak the native languages of those clouds, in particular, the way in which you store data. And so a lot of what we're going to be talking about today is how we store data and present that data so that the customer can use the application they want to use in the environment they want to use.
0: And why would customers select Cumulo?
1: Yeah, you know, I think that when you look at the world today, uh, data centers have really shifted. They're rap- you know, I mean, the world is changing, workflows are changing, innovation is accelerating at incredibly fast paces. And the way Cumulo has architected our software, um, when you run the same software package in the data center or in the cloud, So whether you want to run on x86 processors and Google and Amazon, whichever cloud you choose, Cumulo gives you that flexibility and freedom to choose so that even if you're making a decision today that you want to run an all-flash file system, but you know you're going to need to move some of that data to the cloud someday, Cumulo can get you there. So there's that freedom and flexibility that customers get out of Cumulo. And
0: and Cumulo is a software-defined solution, correct?
1: Yeah, we are um, software defined, kind of from all the different aspects of how you might think about that. We have a software pricing model. We have we leverage commodity hardware, um, so you can think about industry standard hardware, which is a Cumulo appliance, or it can be HPE hardware. We have a partnership with Fujitsu, and then that same software you could buy up in a AWS marketplace, for example, as well.
0: And you mentioned Google Google Cloud too,
3: is that right.
1: The two clouds we run in today are Amazon and GCP, and, you know, of course, we're looking at other clouds for in the future.
3: So I'm really interested in this uh, set of use cases and this idea of running workloads close to where the data, having the data uh, specifically as close to the workloads as possible, because I have a... a a big pharma background and ingesting data, if we're, you know, if you're, if you're doing sequencing, the clinics and et cetera, have these machines that speak file systems, et etc et And then you want to get this data to cloud services that primarily speak object. So I'm hoping we'll dig into this a little bit because it, I've had this practical disconnect in my career and where I'm ingesting data in a file system application-centric uh, paradigm and then needing to analyze that data in a completely different uh, type of storage methodology. So I'm, I'm really curious as to how Cumulo solves that problem.
0: It's almost a producer-analyzer type of dichotomy here. I mean, everybody Gets data or creates data in sort of a file environment, but when they want to try to analyze it, uh, it's got different types of requirements.
3: Yeah, when you look at these devices, they have USB drives on, they have CDs, et cetera.
2: So how does that play out in Cumulo then? Well, let me let me take that one. It's it's a very interesting question. Um, and And I think your observation is dead on, which is that there has been a disconnect in the world of file systems and, and really storage providers between uh, what the cloud object stores provide and what the on-premises file systems provide. And I think that's been driven, if, if I may be so bold as to sort of conjecture as to their motivations, it's been, it's been driven by business models creating technology decisions, which, uh, the, which I, I think is a mistake for customers. Um, And Cummular takes a very different approach. We fundamentally believe that at the end of the day, you should be able to ingest and analyze the data that you work with and create as a business owner using the tools that make sense for your business, not the tools that are optimized for your storage. Um, You should be making those decisions based on how you want to run. Is that what you mean by business model driven development kinds of things? So what it really means is that when other storage vendors hold your data hostage, And their business model is built around storing and maintaining that your data lives inside of their system permanently. And they do do that because they monetize the total amount of data stored, particularly in cold storage, for a long period of time. Cumula has a different point of view. We monetize uh, business value. We create, we enable customers to run applications. And by doing that, we make customers more successful. And then our business model is, is aligned with that. So you wouldn't charge for capacity then? I mean, well, we charge for capacity for the data that's stored inside a cumulo file system. But we're talking about Shift today as an example. And Shift is built around the concept of freedom. So the whole notion of Shift is. You should be able to take your example of uh, creating data l- locally using, um, using, let's say, an Illumina sequencer. Well, that Illumina sequencer is really o- optimized for a file system on the back end. It really wants to produce a bunch of files. And in, in fact, for many Illumina sequencers, it produces a very large number of files, some of them very, very small, which breaks a lot of file systems, which is not a problem Cumulo has, but that's a separate topic. But then you got to do something with that data. Well, the first thing that happens is often a lot of that analysis happens over a different protocol than what was originally created, than the protocol that originally created the data. So in file world, that's, you know, often the Illumina sequencer speaks SMB and the analysis farm uh, is, a, is a big Linux or NFS farm. And so now you have got to, even just in the world of file, right? I've got a file problem where I've got two different protocols hitting the same data. That's a problem we already solved. So if you run Cumulo entirely on-premises, you can use both protocols against us. We work great in that scenario. But but the bigger problem is, well, what if I want to do that analysis in AWS, which is increasingly important for a couple of reasons? One, because my researchers are remote. My researchers don't work Um, they can't come into the office right now because of the pandemic we're all living through, or they are increasingly part of other organizations. And so they actually would never come into my office. They're they're organizations we partner with. And uh, not not only do I have a remote worker problem, I also have an elastic compute problem, which is at peaks, I want to turn time into a variable. I want to compute against a large data set very fast and not have to wait for Um, You know, the number of cycles that my given number of, you know, my given amount of compute on premises can get through or to wait to order more compute and have that arrive and get racked and stacked and all that. I want to provision uh, compute resources with code. Well, in order to do that, I need that in the cloud in a format that the cloud can work with. So. And that's what Shift does for you? Yeah, that's exactly what Shift does. So Cumulo Shift enables you to to take data from any Cumulo file system on-premises or in the cloud and take that data and move it, it functionally makes a copy of that into Amazon's S3 as a native S3 object or bucket. And now you can interact with it directly using your S3 optimized tooling. So if you are using Amazon's Recognition Service or SageMaker or Beanstalk or any of their native services that assume that the underlying content is S3 have at it. And our product makes that super available and super easy to work with in a like reliable production grade um, sort of ready.
0: And the file environment, you'd have a directory and, and, you know, subdirectories, et cetera, et cetera. How does that map into S3 bucket structures
2: per se? It's a one-to-one mapping. So we make a copy. So what happens is when you go over to S3 and you open up your S3 browser, you will see um, a, an object or a bucket, depending on where we're talking about, a directory or a file. And you will see in there a, um, uh, a na- the name of the object will be the name of the file. And then, uh, and then, and now you have added, you can, you can go mess with that. Now there's no, uh, over time we'll make the linking between S3 and Cumulo deeper and deeper at this first, this first iteration that we're releasing for customers is really just a copy, but um, already we've seen with the early customers who've been using it a ton of value because they can immediately create that um high that, a real hybrid workflow where they're generating data with an Illumina sequencer against a Cumulo on premises and then they're copying that data up to AWS S3. So Ben,
3: let me tell you where I've seen this real life where this or this would have reduced friction for an environment that had Illumina se- sequencers that uh, sent that centralized data into the data center and we have this challenge of getting that data from the scientists had this de- challenge of getting the data from uh, the data center into a third-party cloud provider that consumed it via object. The biggest problem is scientists doing that conversion, the friction of getting it from the data center into object, so much so that we almost wasted a whole investment into connecting to internet two to facilitate that 10 gigabit file transfer. That kind of third level, that that human la- layer, that that level eight problem was was a big big problem
2: for us. That jo- that that connects really well with what we have been hearing from customers from the beginning and our motivation for building Shift. And and I want to I want to um, make sure we broaden the conversation just a little bit and think about Cumulo in AWS and Cumulo Shift because together it's really the better together story that makes this more powerful. So. Cumulo already offers a scalable multi-protocol file system for AWS. So when you, for example, when you use um, Illumina, which I'm only anchoring on because you, you, you mentioned, which is a great example, but Illumina offers uh, something called Dragon, which is uh, and an, uh, essentially a, a toolkit for doing analytics against genomic data. Well, Dragon is really a file-based application, and it wants to talk to a file system. Running that on-premises is relatively straightforward. You just put it on, load it up on your compute, have it talk to your file system. In the cloud, where do you put that and what file system do you talk to and what data does it work with? With Cumulo pre-shift, so this is something we've already been delivering on for several years, you, you can build a scalable Cumulo file system in the cloud. You can have your Illumina sequencer talk to your local file system, your local Cumulo in your data center and replicate data directly over your AWS, your nice big 10 gig link or whatever it is you have into AWS, right into a cumulative file system, you load Dragon onto EC2, and now you have an elastic cloud compute farm for doing genomic analysis. That already works today.
3: What's surprising is that in the past, researchers have avoided using AWS for that very problem. They've had to go to niche uh, cloud providers that would speak NFS because specifically the application you mentioned, Dragon, that's, that's the industry standard and, it, and it's a file system based solution.
2: That's right. And we, we continue to be, be big believers in the power of file systems. But we also recognize that a lot of the world's most important data needs to live in S3 Specifically, AWS's S3 service because it's such an important underpinning to other cloud services like SageMaker um, for machine learning, for for example. And our goal with Shift is to say, "Hey, look, our job is to make your data available to the place it needs to go, in order to make the application successful." And that's what we've been really focused on both with Shift. Which makes it makes it available to your S3 based application, as well as with just Cumulo as a cloud native file system in AWS um, or GCP.
0: We've been talking about AWS almost exclusively, but S3 is sort of ubiquitous anymore. I, I can name probably four or five different storage environments where S3 is a, is an available protocol. I'm assuming that you can actually copy or shift, let's say, the data to any of the S3 compatible solutions?
2: Not today. Today, we're focused pretty squarely on AWS's S3 service. Over time, you will see us bring it to GCP and other um, cloud object stores. Uh, we're super focused on the problem of interop with of your data and your data flow.
0: I got you. The applications happen to be there, right? Right.
1: Yeah, I think that's the way to think about it, Ray. It's very different from thinking about an S3 storage target for an archive. That the problem, you know, that's a pretty solved problem today. Um, maybe not elegantly every time, but it's solved. What Cumulo is really looking at is we have all this data that's been consolidated into these massive Cumulo file stores, and then there's a lot of applications in the cloud that only read and write from the AWS S3. And we want to make sure that that data is available to those applications as well. And AWS three is the vehicle to do that through.
0: Yeah. And so uh, the customer would effectively have their own AWS S3 uh, license and billing and all that stuff. And that would be outside of the cumulo um, purchased and all that stuff. Right. That's right. 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 Mm-hmm. And then um, so moving the data from cumulo to S3 um, you've got Do you have some sort of special um, compression or or data transfer characteristics that you're bringing to bear to make this happen easier and quicker and things of that nature? Yeah,
2: we do. We leverage, um, we built our own replication protocol at Cumulo. We've been working on this for several years and have several patents around it. It really um, is built on uh, several sort of design principles, one of them being scale. We tend to We really focus on customers with very large data sets. So our replication protocol handles really large, really large directories and stuff with lots and lots of files in it, as an example. Uh, And with, you know, handling all the problems that happen when you take one system and then put a really long network connection between it and another system. Um, So what do you do about, you know when the network has an issue or when you have to, you know, how do you make sure you retransmit very efficiently and all that sort of stuff? So there's a bunch of patents in there that make it uh, really efficient, really fast and really scalable.
3: So from a practical perspective is the intent is basically to enable applications that weren't designed for WAN, uh, uh, asynchronous communication to actually work over the WAN.
2: It, I would say it slightly differently. It's, it's more designed... To, um, it, the answer is yes, but in a slightly different way. So we are very focused on enabling you to run the application in the data center or in the public cloud. So if as soon as you have decided, hey, I would like to move this, let's go back to Dragon. I would like to take Dragon or Adobe Premiere, if you're in a media and entertainment group, And I would like to take, I've been running that application locally. I would like to now run that application in the cloud because my data set has gotten large enough. It's time to move there or because I need more compute power or because my workers are remote. Just pick the application up and move it and we'll move the data for you.
3: So the ideal is, and the other piece of it, since I can't control latency as much in the cloud, uh, you guys uh, have a higher
2: tolerance for that. That's right, and we do that by being a really scalable system. Obviously, there's, there's, you know, uh, in the cloud, you, you're always working on abstracted infrastructure, and so there's some challenges you have to work with to just understand noisy neighbor problems and all that sort of stuff that can happen in the cloud. And we handle all of that by building really big namespaces that have um, that are really highly available and highly resilient to underlying.
0: What sort of other use cases? We've been talking a lot about genome sequencing and stuff like that, but I'm sure you've got other clients or customers out there using Shift for other solutions.
2: Yeah, there is a lot of stuff in there. I mean, there's a lot of different... It's a it's a very powerful sort of horizontal capability. Um, I, I'd, ne- I'd mention a couple. Um, we talked a lot about Dragon and that sort of stuff. Really, I would bucket that in innovating using file data in the public cloud. So that's creating creating a running and innovation workload in the public cloud. The other one that's really important is collaborating across organizations. So your ability for with shift, for example, to finish working on a data set and essentially publish to S3. That's a really powerful lever for um, a research organization that wants to be able to say this data set is done. Please researchers from across the world, go work against it. Here's the URL. Then of course there's DevOps workflows.
0: You could see something like seismic analysis where I've done some work in, on, on-prem and then I wanna publish some results of that and make it available to others and that sort That's of thing. That's
2: a really common use case with us. In fact, one of our largest cloud customers is one of the world's largest analyzers of seismic data. And the way they um, the way they use Cumulo is as the native file system in AWS for all of their seismic analysis. And they do that because we offer multi-protocol access at scale in AWS.
0: Right, right, right. right. Okay, okay. What other use cases you were talking about DevOps? Where is yeah, that point mean, into this thing?
2: We don't uh, at Cumulo. We often take it for granted, but it turns out it's a. It turns out our API is a really powerful tool for customers. Um, we take it for granted because everything we do at Cumulo is API first, so it's just sort of a second nature. But Every feature available, every capability in the system is available as an API, which means that customers that have really built DevOps pipelines can program against a Cumulo system, whether that's programming for data access. So their, their workflow can literally come in over an API or program, programmatically creating, managing, destroying their Cumulo clusters via, via an API. That's a really common DevOps workflow.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's with or without shift to some extent. That's really the cumulo um, cloud service. Is
2: that? Yeah, well, I would say that's core to cumulo software. I mean, whether you're running us on premises or in the cloud, the API set is the same and you just have at it. Um, and we've got you know, a nice set of samples on GitHub that you can use to get started and all that sort of stuff. Mm, okay. Okay. There's a, there's a couple of others that are really operating sort of uh, focused on cost. So you can use Shift um, to create a safe second copy of your data in S3. Uh, it's you know, and then you can use S3's um, data lifecycle tools to 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 tier that stuff down into Glacier or however you'd like. And then of course archiving is is a very similar workflow, which is once you've decided that a project is complete or a show is done, you can make a copy in S3 and then delete that data off of your. Uh, existing Cumulo cluster. And all of those are available just as part of what we do um, in, in the shift feature.
0: Okay. And shift is going to be available on the 23rd is it, uh, of June?
2: Yeah, we're making an announcement about shift on the 23rd. Uh, we actually already have preview customers using it today. It'll be publicly available in the product in July.
0: Okay. All right. Well, this has really been great. Hey, Keith, any last questions from Molly or Ben?
3: No, it's been a really great conversation.
0: Okay. So Molly or Ben, anything else you'd like to say to our listening audience before we close?
1: No, I think that just in closing, we really um, appreciate you guys hosting us in the conversation. And as we think about uh, how data structures are set up and data environments are changing over time, we're just really excited to have the opportunity to talk with both the analyst community, as well as the customers who are evolving their workloads to be able to use their data better and you know, we, we welcome the opportunity to do demos and have these types of conversations with anyone who listens to this podcast uh, once it's been released.
0: Okay. Well, this has been great. Thank you very much, Molly and Ben, for being on our show today.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having me.
0: And thanks to Cumulo for sponsoring this podcast. Next time we'll talk with another system storage technology person. Anything you want us to ask, please let us know. If you enjoy our podcast, tell your friends about it. And if please, And please review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify, as this will help get the word out. That's it for now. Bye, Keith. Bye, Ray. Bye, Molly and Ben.
1: Have a great
0: day. Okay. Good day.